Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, the gang is here. Amy Taylor's in for Sandy. Max, Greg Matzik's here. Debbie Lazaga is here. Adam Roberts is producing the show this afternoon. Hey, need more cowbell. You can always watch the show, by the way. There's a watch live button on the website, and we're on YouTube. So check it out that way. The cameras are fired up. And you've got really big hair today. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It keeps getting bigger. I cannot contain it. I was so like, you have beautiful blonde hair, well, that's very and it's very big today. It's larger what, What's going on? Is this a humidity thing? It is a reaction to today's current environmental circumstances. <laughs> okay. Um, I, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to fight it. So I was like, and then it just kept going, whoosh. I like and it. I was like, oh, it's really getting wide. But I don't whatever. I'm past caring. It's radio, baby. <laughs> it's good stuff. I, I like streaming it. had to complicate things. Yeah. Hey, uh, next week, it's a week from today, actually. Greg Matzik's going to go off 100 holes in one day. 100 holes for one of the great charities in town. It's one week from today, right? It is. So third year in a row, I'll be doing uh, the Ringer event for the Mac Fund. It's such a cool event, and it really brings in some of the... Uh, some great people from our community that help raise money. It's about 18 people total that take the course at the bog, all with one goal, trying to yep. you know raise as much money as we possibly can for the fight against childhood cancers. So it, it's a fun event, and, and what I really appreciate, and I noticed this as I've looked at my donation pages over the years, you know, I have a lot of friends who donate and family and WTMJ listeners. That's awesome. It, it's, it's amazing. And some, I, I try and dedicate a whole to everybody who donates as much as I possibly can. Um, but I, if... If your life had been affected by cancer in some way, shape, or form, you know somebody, you've had it yourself, you're recovering, somebody has passed away close to you, uh, I encourage you to, to, to help support the event if you can, if you're able to. And my goal is to try and get to $5,000 raised. I'm at forty two fifty right now. That's awesome. So we're, we're getting there. And uh, How can people do it? What's the easiest way? I think the easiest way to do it is just use our talk and text line yep. at 855-616-1620 and just text the word GOLF to 855-616-1620, and then all the information you need will come right back to your phone. And, and essentially, it takes you right to the, the very safe and secure donation page. And it's my personal page that we had set up. So I'm hoping to get to $5,000. We're $750 away from that. And uh, we're a week out from the event, and it's a uh, it's a blast. It really that is, is a lot so of fun. much golf. A hundred holes in a day. Does it hurt your hands? Hurts your everything. feet hurt? What? Yeah. What? Yes. What gets, no. What gets <laughs> impacted? It, it hurts your everything. Really? And, and la- you know, weather a couple of years ago was pretty nice. It was like fifty three and, and enough sun to make it feel comfortable. And then last year was like thirty eight and sleet. Yeah. Uh, and I my core Yikes. body temperature is not yet recovered from that. <laughs> Uh, that was you, a tough one. Will you be wearing something, you know, different to compensate for oh, the like weather? Like a chicken costume or something yeah, like I mean, that? Yeah, I mean, I've really... considered it. <laughs> Good to know. I was thinking like a coat, you know. Oh, like, sure. A couple do you, coats. Do you have your gear ready to go? Do you have to like, yeah. can I, you so switch out? I, I used to sort of you know, not subscribe to the cold weather gear with golf because I thought, I, if it's that cold out, do I really want to be playing? Well, you don't have a choice now, right? I, yeah, right. So I've tried to gear up a little bit uh, right. in anticipation for the event over the last couple of years, because who knows? But next Thursday looks okay. Uh, but we're going to give it our best shot. Try and get to 100 holes. The first year, I think I did 108. That's amazing. And wow, last year, we, we approached 100. It just got really dark because of the bad yep. weather. Um, but You're like every woman's nightmare playing that much golf. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's, it's sweet. 855 If you'd like to help out golf, we'll give you more opportunities to participate throughout the next week or so. So the Republican leadership in Madison is considering legalizing marijuana. 
for medicinal purposes. Recreational amongst Republicans is still off the table. But they are considering a series of bills. They're actually meeting a group of Republican lawmakers right now to try to work out some sort of plan to introduce medical marijuana legalization here in the state of Wisconsin. The bill could be introduced as early as this year. Robin Voss, the speaker, saying that he is still way out on recreational. That's not going to happen. As a matter of fact, there will be stop gaps in the medical bill that make sure it can never be converted or open the door as a precursor to recreational marijuana. So we have dispensaries right over the border in Illinois that a lot of people from Wisconsin utilize. And Minnesota, right? Yep. But the one in Illinois... Is really convenient. And $500 million they generated in tax revenue last year, and they think maybe 10% of that came from Wisconsin, people who are driving there. I'm going to say it was more. That does seem like it could be more. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, uh, I was always against marijuana use. I just think it's a gateway. It can open the door to other things. And I still am not in favor of recreational marijuana use. But I cannot understand how we do not legalize marijuana, even if it's with restrictions and guidelines for medical purposes. If you have cancer, if you have chronic pain, if it's controlled, if it's prescribed by your doctor, how are we not legalizing this? I mean, this seems like the easy one, but I feel like there's such a, a rub in the legislature with the Republican control. The fact that they're opening the door... You know, it's interesting to hear the Democrats say, we've heard this before, it's all talk, but yep. um, it seems like this might right. be, yeah, you, it, it seems like this would be a very easy thing to think about. But you do have Wisconsin being this state that is just sort of, it's been somewhat intractable in terms of being purple. You know, we, we're in the middle on these things. And- okay, but we're, it, it's a purple state, but more than 60%, more than 60% of Wisconsinites in a poll want it for recreational reasons. They want recreational marijuana. 80% of Wisconsinites want it for medical. 80%. That is not purple. I'm that is 80%. 80%. It's 100% not purple. Not unlike the abortion issue. Yeah, but 80%. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. What other issue in our state do 80% of the people agree on? Any issue. Well, in it, but it's not enough to sway the voters, right? Right. right. You might think that, but you probably right. have to vote the other way. So in, in like, well, because there's a lot things. of issues to vote on. So if I don't vote for a Republican sure. on the marijuana issue, it's maybe because I agree with them on fiscal policy or something else. It's complicated. But, but do you think it is it, because of its political nature that it, it's just separated the yes. left and the right? And that's why it's not happening. I think it's just an old it's like it's old ways of thinking and and not classic Wisconsin. It feels like that. It's like I remember a friend right? said when I moved here, I don't like change. I don't want it to change. I like the lakefront to be the same. Yeah, you know? but but we have the reputation for being it used to be part of our motto that we're the progressive state. Right. <laughs> this is not progressive <laughs> do re- thinking. Do you Wisconsin? remember that? The Wisconsin idea. It's, yeah. Yeah. The progressive. I, yes, absolutely. And I'm not talking about progressive is in politics like progressive is in liberal to the left. You're Talking, being enlightened and, ed- and forward educated, thinking. forward thinking. Yeah, I and just have yet to hear. Can someone please explain to me at eight five five six one six one six twenty what the argument is for not legalizing medical marijuana? I don't have a good one myself. What, even playing devil's advocate, is I mean, like, I can oh, Google it, but what right. is the argument? Oh, it's going to start making it like everybody's high out walking around, which is kind of how it is in New York City. I don't know if you've been to New York lately, but the air, I mean, because that's just, you know, legal marijuana. I know, but I'm talking for medical. I know what you're talking about. For medical, I'm saying, that's but not going to be the case. I think people see it as, oh, we could end up legalizing marijuana just recreationally. Do you understand? Like, it's the, when you say it's a gateway, medical is. Are people viewing the medical marijuana as a gateway to 
legalizing recreational marijuana. I don't know. I've yet to get a text or a phone call on it. Nobody what? hears. Make the argument. No, right. I Make mean, the argument. There is no. Is there an argument? Do you have one? Uh, someone has an argument. Um, I mean, you yourself. Do you? No. I no. I I I used to say, and it was a lazy argument. I used to say because it could open the door to other drug use. Right. And I don't think that's true. I think I that was think a lazy argument, either. and I was wrong. And I was wrong people, about that. People are sick and in pain. Why can't they get relief right. from something that really helps? We're not talking about allowing a healthy 18-year-old to get pot. Right. That's not what we're I talking mean, about. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, let's go to Paul on the North Shore, who has some perspective. Paul, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. What are your thoughts? Thanks for taking the call. We kind of are talking about the 18-year-olds getting pot because if you legalize it for medical purposes, they have these what they call med cards, right? Uh, Illinois has them. California has Every state has them that has legalized uh, marijuana for medicinal. So now we're just going down a slippery slope. And so my argument is just legalize it all because people are going to go to these doctors who are just going to hand out these cards. It's been proven everywhere else. It's also been proven that they hand out painkillers, narcotics, all over the place. So why not take a healthier approach, a more natural uh, medicine for those who have cancer, who for those who are sick, and then stop the people from going over to Illinois for recreational and leaving $50 million in tax money there? Well, that's never going to happen, Paul. That is never in your and my no. lifetime going to happen in this state. So we need to take it a step at a time no, because, it it, because as long as Republicans are in the legislature, it will never happen. What's the economic benefit there, though, too? I mean, isn't that part of the study? It is, but Republicans don't care about that. They, they've said as much. They said we don't. it's $500 million in tax money in Illinois. They do not care about that. Robin Voss has said point blank, this will not be an economic argument. I don't care if we literally get a trillion dollars. That's why I say it's entrenched thinking on, on just being conservative on this issue. Like, we're not going to yeah. open the doors. Hey, let's take one more phone call. Scott's in Greendale. Scott, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Hey, guys. What Thanks do you think? so much for taking this. Yeah. I'm probably going to upset a lot of people here, but completely against it. And and here's my argument, and, and just hear me out for a sec, okay? Being a product that born in 1974, and yes, I tend to be a little bit conservative on issues. They put in how many hundreds of millions of dollars telling us about drugs fry your brain, and marijuana was included that. We have completely destroyed the cigarette industry because secondhand smoke is absolutely terrible and the smoke entering your body and we can't even do it in certain outside places because somebody has the right to walk through. So we're going to decimate the cigarette industry. But now all of a sudden marijuana, which is something quite frankly, I'm in a safety sensitive role at work that I have to, you know, take urine samples for all the time. They have to be very mindful of that. Now I get to walk through everyone's smoke. Don't even be close to the smoke, but still smell it. And it was deemed all the scientific data. Now, I know you guys are talking about the gateway drug thing, but the fact of the matter is, unless in the 80s all that data was wrong, they had proven that it was a gateway drug. So somewhere apparently it was a gateway drug, and we spent hundreds of millions of dollars persuading not to use it, but now all of a sudden it isn't. And then my last point is this. I totally get that the state needs the money. I totally get it, and we could do wonderful things with that. But sometimes I just feel like it needs to be bigger than just the money. I mean, with that argument, why don't we legalize prostitution like the state of Nevada? We should. Why do we stop there? Hey, if we can get all that money, 
we can solve all of our problems. But so you still, hey, Scott, you thank you. I got to let you go, Scott. We're against the clock. Scott, yeah. you thank you very much for the phone call. We'll we'll continue this discussion. We'll we'll pick this up again. A lot of ground to cover here. Wisconsin's afternoon news on WTMJ. Hey, we're joined by our friend Brian Lucas, the director of football brand communications for Wisconsin Athletics. He's with us on the hotline. Brian, how are you? Hey, Brian. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, how's spring football going? I love the videos. I love the excitement. I love, love seeing Coach out there. Yeah, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun to to get guys on the field. You know, there was a lot of talk in January, February about, and really through March about the program, and then end of March to be able to get on the field and, and see what these guys can do and see what the new systems were all about. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun these last four weeks or so that the guys have been on the field. You know, Brian, we had Coach Fickle on a, a couple of months ago, and, and he, he joined us a couple minutes later than anticipated because he was finishing up a phone call with a recruit. Uh, and I think <laughs> later that day, maybe the next day, his little Twitter bat signal went out. You always know Coach Fickle was up to something, and he proved it right before he joined us. He's been a busy man. Yeah, that um, you know the recruiting success and the the bat signal tweets and the the props that you see um, we use on photo shoots for recruits when they're on campus, all of that has has really energized the fan base and um, you know it, it and recruits see that too. So it's kind of a twofold, uh, two pronged attack to to hit both bases um, with stuff like that. And it, it it's been really well received. So how can fans get a glimpse of UW football this weekend? It's a really cool event that the the campus is piecing together. Yeah, we're really excited for the event we're calling the launch, which is um, an open practice, the first time fans can see the the new-look Badgers led by Coach Fickle. Um, So from 11 to 1, we'll have the the Coles Kids Combine um, in the McLean Center, you know, NFL draft is right around the corner, so it's the last chance for kids to, to get on the radar, <laughs> uh, run the 40-yard dash, get get their vertical jump in. Um, but we, we've been doing that event for a couple of years now, and it's always really popular. So that's from 11 to 1. And then from 1 to 3, uh, fans can, can watch practice. So it'll it'll be a you know a practice like we've had the, the last couple of weeks here. Um, first half hour or so will be some individual drills, 7-on-7, seven seven, stuff like that. And then the last I don't know, hour and a half or so, will be 11-on-11 11 11 football. Tackle football, ones versus ones, twos versus twos, threes versus threes. Um, so fans that, that are really itching to get their football fix come out this Saturday and, and watch the Badgers. Uh, John and I are wondering if you can set up a media division for the Combine. We'd like to give it a shot. Please? Sure. Yeah, we, <laughs> we'd need a lot of medical personnel, I would think. Yeah, waivers, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right about that. It's a very tight waiver, Brian. You're going to need that for us. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, does your office look into Camp Randall? Um, it actually looks outside of Camp Randall. I, I face, there's a fire station right across the street. But it's um, in Camp Randall, right? It is, yes. How cool is that? You go to work at Camp Randall every <laughs> single day. It It's remarkable because on, on Saturdays when there's 80,000 people in here, it is, you know, it, it's always the, the, the bricks and the, the doors are the same. But on Saturdays, when it really comes to life, yeah, it's crazy that I get to work here and park next to the building every 
every day during the week. Um, it's really special. And, and again, Saturday is, is sort of a, a small microcosm of, will, will be a small microcosm of that. Hey, so Brian, quickly, how do people get more information if they want to be there on Saturday or they want to check it out? Yeah, go to uwbadgers.com. Um, it's a free event, but you need a ticket. You need a ticket either to get into the kids' combine or to get into the open practice. Um, right now, we've already got more than 20,000 tickets are have been reserved, so we're really looking for a strong crowd on Saturday. There's going to be a lot of cool things to see. Um, concessions are, are discounted prices, so you can get, you know, brats, pretzels for, for a discounted price. And then there's some fan giveaways, some schedule magnets and game programs on the way in and then on the way out um, from our partners, Old Dutch and Pepsi, some snacks and drinks uh, for, for your drive home. UWBadgers.com. Check it out. It's this Saturday. Brian Lucas is the director of football brand communications. That's a pretty cool title at UW. Thank you so much for being with us, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Tim, thank you so much for being with us in the studio. Good to be with you. Bucks basketball is underway. Wanted to ask you about something that happened last year, and more importantly, what's happening this year to make sure it doesn't happen again. Shootings that were on the outskirts of the Deer District on Water Street, a big bar entertainment district in our city. Uh, this year, extra security is being brought in. How important is it for our city that we get this right? It's it's very important, and any time you go to an event and you hear there's extra security, two things happen. You feel, great, I'm safer, but why do they need the extra security? So, by and large, the Deer District is very safe, but this is a really important message for the entire state legislature to hear. This is why Milwaukee needs access to a sales tax, so we make sure we can invest in public safety and put the officers that need to be on the street on the street, especially when we have large events, and do it in a way that the rest of the city isn't left blank. All right, I got to ask you something related to that because you brought it up. I talked to a city leader this week, two days ago, as a matter of fact, who said that they fear that the goodwill that had taken place six, eight months ago between Cavalier Johnson and Robin <clears throat> Boston, the legislature, has stalled and has kind of lost its momentum, and that there's some bad feelings that are taking place. You're connected to a lot of people. I know you're going to say you're still optimistic that these things get done. Has the tone changed in the last few months? Yeah, I think the tone's changed because now we're getting down to the final strokes of what's really going to happen, and people start to harden their positions, um, and that leads to you know tough feelings. But I believe you know both parties are going to work through this. Uh, I talked to the speaker today. He's committed to helping the city solve its pension problems. The mayor is very passionate about getting the city back on the right track. But, yeah, when you get down to the final strokes here, it does get contentious. But they'll work through it. I'm glad to hear you say that. Want to shift gears a little bit and talk about Christy Brown becoming the new president of Alverno College. She's a well-known figure, but we want to talk about the smaller colleges in the area, in particular just having lost Cardinal Stritch. That was a huge loss to our community. They didn't have enough margin uh, in order to make it. So how do we have to adapt to keep these smaller colleges going? Yeah, the real key here is it still takes 18 years to make an 18-year-old. Right. <laughs> and we're making fewer of them. <laughs> So if you think about just in West Bend, the talk about merging Moraine Technical College up there with UWM, and you look at the senior class in West Bend, which is a 1,000 students, 
the first grade class is 350 students. So there's fewer students. So universities that are less well-funded, like Cardinal Stritch, are going to face a challenge, and so is Alverno. So they have to figure out ways to be more creative, um, address their cost structure, bring more students in, and be of value to people that have already graduated who might want to come back and get further degrees. So it's going to be an ongoing challenge. You have to graduate people who are going to be able to work in your community, really. It sounds more like we're we're moving that to, to real jobs, access to real jobs once you come out with yeah, a degree. Yeah, but, but I, I don't want to dismiss <clears throat> the arts and the culture and the history and everything else that's an important part of it, but you're right. Um, it puts a premium on universities that are going to put students out into the workforce and jobs that are in demand. And that shifts away from liberal, liberal, more liberal arts education. Yeah. Tim Sheehy's with us, the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Tim, I found this amazing. I was doing research on the cruises that come in and out of Milwaukee beginning next month. And there are cruises you can get on in Milwaukee that end up in Antarctica. And I find that just absolutely amazing and incredible. My question for you is... Is the economic impact that these cruises bring into Milwaukee more important, or is the imaging, branding, exposure part of this more important? Yeah, let's. So everybody's head spinning when you just said that. So remember yeah. the St. Lawrence Seaway. That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, they can't get there. <laughs> but you can, but right? You can go all the way can. through there, down to <laughs> right. South America. Because somebody's going, what? How does that, How does work? that work? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're right. I mean, there were eight ships that visited, 33 visits. And the interesting thing with Milwaukee. Uh, and, and those eight ships, I think, brought 13,000 people here. But the interesting thing about the cruise business is you need a destination to start. As you know, you've been on them and then to finish. So Milwaukee's been a good place to host both the, both the start and the finish of some of these cruises. So not only do we get the cruise ships coming here, people come here a couple days before and may stay a couple days after. So it's really a nice boon to the Milwaukee's economy. Uh, Brady Street Hotel project getting Common Council approval. That area has been had some trouble, so this is really important. How is this going to address the needs of the neighborhood? Yeah, it's it's a challenge with a neighborhood that's pretty tight knit, where parking is tight, and now you're going to put a hotel in there. So I, I think they have a plan to address the parking. Um, again, it's going to be a nice property taxpayer, nice rooftop deck, but it starts to change the dynamic of the neighborhood, and that's always the tension is people say, I liked it the way it was, it was pretty neat, and now you're making a big change to it. So they'll work through that, but that's happening all over the city. MMAC studies economics are tax base. people who pay tax, it's tax day. It's the 18th this year. Yesterday was two days ago, excuse me, two days ago was tax day. So we just passed that. Who pays taxes in the United States? It's not everybody, is it? No, I always find this fascinating. There are 180 million U.S. tax filers, and those tax filers pay for 54% of the federal government. But when you look at who pays taxes, um, 70% 70 earn less than 100,000, or of the 70% of the tax filers who earn less than 100,000, they only pay 1.5% of those taxes. The next 25% who earn between a hundred and five hundred thousand dollars pay 50% of the taxes. Wow. What's really interesting though is the top bracket, um, pays those with 200,000 in income or more pay 10, they're 10% of the filers, but they pay 80% of the taxes. 80%. 80%. And half of that 80% comes from people that make a million or more. And we want to tax those people more. We want to tax those people more. Wow, that is a very interesting statistic. Let's talk about home initiatives in the area. Um, the Milwaukee Initiative kicks off, and it's starting to turn these city-owned vacant lots into sort of usable homes. And 
this is an interesting movement to get millennials into the home ownership. How do we do that here by balancing our our housing demands and and getting people living in the city? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really good question, and I know that our organization is involved in um, what we would call workforce housing, and in some cases, that first housing. And so it's working with people that can put homes together less expensively, get them on a property, make a mortgage affordable, and get people into them. So it's a great way to use um, vacant lots, and it's an important part of any community's success is making sure that there are opportunities for living or home ownership at lots of different income levels uh, that match the, um, n- the the new homeowner or people that are working them th- their way up to paying lots of taxes. Yeah, exactly. All right, Tim, what's your good news of the week? My good news of the week is that went relatively unnoticed. I think it was last night. The Racine County Board voted 18 to 1 to approve the sale of f- 315 million acres to Microsoft so they can start to put a billion dollars into a computing center down there, wow. which on Microsoft's own words will start to employ hundreds of people. So that's great news for the region, great news for the community, and certainly great news for the property tax base in Racine County. Man, I miss that. I'm glad you're here. That is that's good news. That's huge. And, and it's maybe a company that has a little more uh, uh, thought about whether it's going to follow through on actually getting this done versus Foxconn, for example. Yes, and this is actually 315 (laughs) acres that Foxconn sold. Yeah. So um, a really nice move to get Microsoft into the community. Tim Sheehy is the president of the Metropolitan Milwaukee Association of Commerce. Always great stuff. Thank you, Tim. You're welcome.